Dragging the Peg is recorded on Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, the Cree, the Oji Cree, the Dakota, and the Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Welcome to Dragon the Peg, a podcast series exploring the lives and careers of drag performers living in Winnipeg, Canada. My name is Graham Hooson, and I'll be your host. It's the penultimate episode of Dragon the Peg Season 2, second to last, and I've saved one of my all-time favorite episodes for this very special spot. Today's guest is one of the best performers in all of Winnipeg, and I would hazard to say the best dancer in our drag scene. She serves high-energy numbers every gig, and she's also one of the nicest people I've had the opportunity to meet in the drag scene. Above and beyond, this past year she launched her own drag business, Exante Goo Nails, supplying the most glamorous and affordable custom nails for drag queens. She's been a huge supporter of the podcast all season long, and I know y'all have been waiting for this one, so I'm so glad that you finally have the chance to hear from her yourself. So without further ado, please help me welcome a horror of Lady Frances, Purple Haze. Hi, my name is Purple Haze from the Horrors of Lady Frances, and you're listening to Drag in the Peg. Thank you, Purple. No I problem. appreciate the plug as people are listening to the podcast. Right? That's very adorable. You are also a drag queen. Yes. I'm very happy to have you here. Why? Because you're a superstar. Oh, thank you. You're so fun. You're one of the, you're, I think you're one of the nicest and most um, outgoing queens in the whole city. Nicest. Yeah, you're just a really? pleasure. Yeah, you're always super nice. Thank you. You're always very kind. Thank you. I thought I was a bitch. No, <laughs> who says that? I think I'm a bitch. Do you? Yeah, sometimes I have to check myself before I say something. I cause... think you need to work on that because everybody thinks you're a sweetie pie. Perfect. I've been doing a good job then. <laughs> would you rather people think that you're a bitch? No, that would be bad. I guess. Yeah. Depends on the air I'm that not, you're I'm, trying to get I'm on. nice, I guess. You're a sweetie pie. <laughs> so, sweetie pie purple haze. Tell me about your life before you started doing drag. Um, trigger warning, just saying. Fully Because, yeah. Before drag, I was uh, in a really bad place. Drug addiction, depression, uh, bipolar, uh, suicidal. I was just not in a very good place. Like, I really didn't think I would last much longer. Really? Yeah, I was very suicidal. Like, and every time I tried to commit suicide, it never worked. So that was someone trying to tell me something, right? Mm-hmm. And like dealing with my HIV status, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to deal with that mm-hmm. by myself. That was, yeah, I was very, very lost, let's say. I was a lost soul. Yeah. So you were alone back then? Uh, most of the time, yes. So. Hold on. So, just for reference, how old are you now? I am 26 years old. And how, how, when did you find drag? I used to hang out with this, this... Person. This performer. This performer. Um, uh, Andrea Fox. She was back in the older days, like okay. 2009-ish. She took me to the club one time, and the first queen, I think, I don't know what show they were doing, but it was Poison Ivy Demonique. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, that's that's an amazing person. Mm-hmm. And then I just got involved. Not involved, like, involved. But, like, I hung out with them. 
I wanted to like do drag, but I just didn't know if I could do drag. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, I don't know. I just didn't know if I could do it. Which part did you think that you didn't know you could do? The, the be a woman part. Uh-huh. Like, fully transform yourself into someone else. Because mm-hmm. I didn't even know who I was at that point. Mm-hmm. So how could I become someone else if I don't even know who I am? So mm-hmm. it was, I don't know, it was intriguing. So was it more of the, like, the performative kind of, like, acting and understanding yourself as a woman part that was scary? Or was it, like, the physical, like, wig, hair, clothes? Physical, like, Oh, yeah. so you were like, I don't know if I can... I don't know if I can hack it. Transform yourself. Yeah. Which is really funny now, looking back, because you're the most beautiful drag queen in the whole wide world. Now I am. Yes. But... <laughs> So go back a little bit time. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot that I want to that I want to talk about, but before we jump back to that, you are I think known for being one of the best performers in the whole city. Oh, uh-huh, thank you. You are so energetic. You have stunts, you've got tricks, you do the most, you give 100% energy. You're so fun to watch. I don't know anybody who's not smiling when they're watching you perform. Uh, Aww. <laughs> crying over here. So d- did you know that you could command a room like that did you know that you could perform like that before you started doing drag before i mean i was always into like performing Mm. as a kid i would perform when my parents had a party i would dance around Mm. and like collect tips like ask for them dollars really yeah like literally when i was like two years old i would be singing juan gabriel you know (laughs) selena and trying to like get them dollars wow even as like a two-year-old and then after we came here i started getting into like performing arts Uh And then choirs, and then in high school I was a uh, well I I would I'd say that was my first time in drag, mm-hmm. officially not really officially because I look like shit but um, I was a a donkey princess for a French Ooh. play. Oh yeah, so was, was that ca- the drag debut? I think so. <laughs> I was Podan. If anybody knows what Podan is, you know, mm-hmm. tell me, DM me or something. <laughs> um, it was awful, uh, but I was always performing in some as- aspects mm-hmm. um i was in band so i mean i was okay on stage what'd you play I, uh trumpet oh hell yeah yeah the loudest person plays the loudest <laughs> instrument <laughs> so it wasn't the physically being on stage performing part that scared you yep i mean yes in a way because mm-hmm. i was i did have stage fright a little bit to be like by myself yeah like everyone does like everyone like in a group i'm cool mm-hmm. but by myself i was like no i can't do it and then I remember one year, I don't know who got me to do this stupid thing, um, the Popsicle Party. Oh. It was in 2010, I believe, 2011. And everyone that I kind of was around, like the group I was hanging out with back then, was performing. And all of a sudden, they threw my name in there. So there's me being introduced as Lewis Fox. I'm like, uh. what? <laughs> and, it, and then like three, three weeks later, I saw it on YouTube. I'm like, oh, so this is permanently on the internet now. Great. Under your, under your out of drag name. Yes, Lewis Fox, which I don't understand how they thought that was a really a drag name. No, because they, I think they, they, they got it from Andrea Fox, the person Mm -hmm. I was dating back then. Okay. And we were always together, so they assumed that I was their child. I don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have no idea. So hold on, you debuted back in 2010. Yes, but. Not me. Uh huh. It was Lewis Fox, I guess. How long was it until you feel like you debuted? 
up until 2016. So I like took a break. Like we drifted ways, I guess, mm-hmm. from the gay scene. Mm-hmm. Like around 19. You and Andrea? No, me and the Club 200, like the gay scene. Oh. We just, and then I just, I was hanging out with the wrong people, wrong mm-hmm. crowds. So I wasn't really into like the gay scene anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I got reintroduced to the gay scene when I believe I was talking to Prairie Sky. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember. I was on Grinder. Oh yeah. And, and I see this beautiful woman, right? And then I'm like, oh my God, I love drag. I love your look, like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, how would you like to be, like, how would you like to get into drag? And I was like, you know, I'm not really thinking about it, but you know, I could. And then she's like, oh, do you want to be on the pride float? I oh was like, wow. yes. So that was my debut, if you want to call it, mm-hmm. on Pride Float in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I just got involved with the Sunshine House. Yeah. And now I'm here. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you met Prairie Sky through Grinder. Grinder. To the yes. surprise of nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so backtracking all all the way back, you said until you came here. Were you were you born in Winnipeg? No, I was born in uh, El Salvador. Oh, El Salvador. Yeah. Okay, so when did you come to Winnipeg? 2001. 2001. So March, you would've... May 2001. So you would have been... Eight. Eight years old. Yes. A wow. little, little naive kid. <laughs> what was your what was what was your family relationship like? What's that? What's happening with that? When we came, it was great. Um, we were like a tourist family, going everywhere, taking pictures and shit. Um, it got really, really. I want like broken mm-hmm. in a way, and I do blame myself because of all the like all the shit I've put on the family. Mm-hmm. Like. I would be gone for three days. My mom wouldn't know where I was. And that would put a strain on her, causing my mom to be sad, my dad's sad, my brother's sad, my sister's sad, right? So I was kind of the troubled child. I am the troubled child. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I was just lost, lost. And then uh, after I got sober, 2000. February 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, everything just clicked. Mm-hmm. Like, we're fine now. Um, we're very close. Mm-hmm. Closer than ever. Mm-hmm. Everything's great now. But, like, before it was fucked up. I'm really happy to hear that. Thank you. Not the... Not the, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everything's better now. I'm yeah. happy to hear that. So, when you were in that really, really dark place, did that... How did that, how did you kind of get out of that? I was in a dark place maybe since, I want to say 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a cousin that passed um, and we were like really close. Um, he, I think it was like an allergic reaction. He couldn't breathe. And then he, I don't know, they got to the hospital too late and he was brain dead. He's on the, um, the, full-on like tubes going in everything Mm -hmm. i had to see him like that and then he passed away um and after that i just i couldn't snap out of it i just felt like i was just falling into a hole like i tried to get out of it but i couldn't get out of it i would say when i started like finally like seeing the light again if you want to say um was when i started hanging out with the sunshine house actually um 
Because before that, I don't know. I literally had months, like months to live. Because mm-hmm. I was, I was not having it. I couldn't do it every single day. I just, mm-hmm. I got to a point where I'd given up and I just stopped trying to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then I met the, my family, I guess. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that's a really long time to be that low. I was low, very low. You mentioned your HIV status. Yes. That is something that even to this day, inconceivably, is still so highly stigmatized. Very stigmatized. But you're so open about it. Now I am, yes, because someone has to. Mm-hmm. Like, someone has to educate people. You're a happy, healy Yes, undetectable. Incred- on medication. Yeah. I'm good. Which I think people who don't really understand HIV know that you can you, you can have a functioning life. You can be yeah. a healthy person. Well, yeah, as long as I eat and take my medication, I'm happy, right? Uh-huh. I'm going to live. It's not a death sentence anymore, mm-hmm. right? But when I, like, got... When I found out I was HIV positive, it was to me because I had no idea. That was during the time where I was very drugged up. I couldn't go, like, three days without, like, you know, doing my DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was, I guess, the beginning of the end for me. Because after they told me, they called me and they were like, okay, you should come back. Um, I just, they told me. And I was alone mm-hmm. and at my lowest and I was coming down and everything just piled up on top of each other. And I just walked. I walked for like maybe three hours and I tried to go to the river, but something told me not to. So I just kept walking, walking, and then finally got the bus and went home and then told my family. Mm-hmm. And they were as supportive as you can get. Basically, they were like, we got you. Don't worry about it. You're still the same person. You're not dying. Calm down. You know, mm-hmm. they kind of s- snapped me out of it. Mm-hmm. But now I am better. I'm still struggling in a way. Still struggling to like find. I have these memories of like being drugged up. And I don't know. They just come back and forth. And like I just. For the last, maybe, since 2011, let's say, I'm just, I barely remember it. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember parts here and there, but it's just a big-ass blur. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of wanted to say like that, but at the same time, it's like there's a big-ass chunk of my life that I can't get back, and now that I don't know how to get it back, you know? Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying my best to, like, not do that shit no more. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to stay healthy, trying to be mind positive, taking better care of myself. If there was one thing that you could say to people who misunderstand HIV and misunderstand drug use and misunderstand addiction, well, I guess that would be three things that you could say. What, 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 what would you say to help kind of clear the air? Because you're on the other side and... I think that you're thriving. At least that's how you inspire others. Yeah. Um, what would I say to them? Yeah. Like what them, you... str- like the people that are struggling? I would say the people who don't understand. Oh, oh and then the people who are struggling. Oh, that's good as fuck. Right? That was a great one. Um, to the people that don't understand, um, simply educate yourself. If you don't understand something, learn about it. 
if you don't fully grasp something, don't spew what you don't know to other people. Don't tell people misleading information because you should educate yourself before you go talk shit. And to the people that are still struggling, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Just stick in there. Take it day by day. Don't try to think, oh, what am, where am I going to be in five years? Where am I going to be? You know, just take it day by day because then, at least for me, it was very overwhelming to think, oh, what am I going to do next week? What am I going to do next month? Where am I going to go in life? Take it day by day. It's easier. Yeah, let's just, just smile. Try to, try to be a good person, you know? so much i said mean things about her on the mic earlier and i will continue to do so because i'm a terrible terrible mother but everyone make all the noise that you can for this ponytail again you said finding the sunshine bunch kind of helped you to get back on that upward slope yeah wow how so i don't know i was just a very loving environment Mm -hmm. literally the first day I don't remember when it was but the first day we were learning a dance and they just embraced me in a way that other people really didn't and they didn't try to change who I was if I was a weird kid they would just let me be a weird kid if I was isolating myself they would just be there for me but check up on me in a way Mm -hmm. kind of and just like just make sure I was fine and now Three years later, you're still you're you are an integral yes. feature to the Sunshine Bunch. Yes, I couldn't. I don't know what I would, where I would be without them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just that's my family. You know, that's just it. Do you feel like that is a representative of the whole drag community, or do you think that that is a a feeling and a support system that's entirely unique to the work that Sunshine House does and how great the like that program is. I want to say it's very, very, very unique to the Sunshine House Mm -hmm. because in the drag community, you have family. You don't get to like, well, maybe you do. Maybe it's the same kind of love. It's just, I don't know. I I, I think it's very unique. Mm -hmm. I find it very unique. So then what's kind of been the different experiences that you've had between Sunshine House and the Like That program and the Sunshine Bunch versus the external drag scene, the Club 200, the fame environment, the the everything. Was it different integrating into the drag scene? Very, very. Because we were, we were rough back then. We were doing weird shit. <laughs> like, I didn't wear pads back then. I didn't glue my hair down I didn't you know like wigs came off shoes came off things happened Mm -hmm. but there was a rough little bit where we were kind of ostracized in a way but that's gotten way better we integrated very well I would say Mm -hmm. like a like a puzzle right like we were always there did you feel like you were being judged by kind of like the Pageant, the others, the, yeah, the, the pageant, pageant, the pageant girl, girls, the pa- the pageant y- yada, 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 yes. without naming names. <laughs> yes, all the time. Yeah, like you would get those, like, you know, those looks, like, oh, I love your eyebrows, you know, like those kind of, like, where are your eyebrows? Mm-hmm. Uh, where are your pads? Like, 
don't you, like where's your censure you know you should really be censuring they would like drop hints mm-hmm. let's say and I don't know I just kind of I just stick to my own I guess mm-hmm. and just embraced what I had mm-hmm. like I mean I didn't really like how I looked back then <laughs> but you gotta learn somewhere right yeah well it's I mean all of drag is a growing process yeah nobody comes out like looking like a million bucks <laughs> what You're nowadays all these young queens well, just but coming out like oh you're um, <laughs> you know like girl but i think that that's that says something about like without politicizing it and without casting a general net i think that has something to do with privilege and accessibility and i guess so I and guess. money like these and money and and like access to like youtube yeah you know and like drag even in the even in the three years since you've kind of started as purple like it's just so much more accessible to find that knowledge and to find those things yeah that's true and now i'm more like more involved in it i guess like it was just a hobby back then Mm -hmm. now it's like i'm actually seeing like going somewhere with it Mm -hmm. you know you're seeing money are you seeing seeing money money okay she deserves it tipper (laughs) Yes, tip me all the time. Every Book time you and see tip. Me. Every Book time you see tip. me, tip me. <laughs> if, it, if, if I'm walking down the street, tip me. So yeah. I'll be happy. <laughs> so, like that program is also where you met, I'm assuming. Slur Madala. Who happens to be sitting one foot away from both of yeah. us because this recording studio is very small. Mm-hmm. Hello, Soleil. Hey. I'm like <laughs> literally between both of them. <laughs> so, that's where you met Soleil. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with Soleil because you two are literally inseparable. She's, I feel like me and Soleil, we were, I was in our past lives, I was a dog and she was a cat. <laughs> yeah. And we used to always fuck with each other. <laughs> like right? Tom and Jerry? Yeah, Wait, kind of. Oh, shit. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Um, And like, you know, I would bug her and she'd be like, oh, fuck it, stop it. Right? <laughs> and then I feel like I've known her all my life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I don't know. The first time I saw her, I thought she was a junkie, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> somewhat true. Like... Somewhat-ish, a little bit. Not really. <laughs> she just had that homo chic look Yeah. back then. Which now is all the rage. The homeless which chic? Is, yeah, which has yes. totally become, like, gentrified. Yes. Yeah, you two are kind of, like, two halves of a whole... Yeah, I mean you've. I mean it's just a testament for the fact, like both of you have been in the booth for each other's interview. Yeah, yes, and we have. every time I see you guys, you're together. And if yes. I don't, it seems like it's weird. Where's your other half? Are you okay? <laughs> how <laughs> Where would you, is she? <laughs> how would you describe this dynamic that you two have? It's very like we're sisters. <laughs> we like to be together. We like to hang out with each other. It's weird if we're not. Back to that dog and cat situation, right? <laughs> like, I just need her to be sane. <laughs> like, I just need her, in a way, you know? I'm not obsessed or anything. <laughs> like, I can go a couple days, like, it's fine, but, like... We're not, like, those twins on that episode. On that of- fucking episode where they sleep with each other and, like, they braid each other's hairs. Ew. Oh, it's so creepy. Clothes. Episode of what? Oh, yeah, My Strange Addiction. There it is. Oh, my God. I'm addicted to my twin. That's creepy. Yeah. So together, you two created Exante Nails. Exante Nails. A beautiful business that creates the most stunning drag nails. Thank you. Soleil dipped right out of answering. I know. About this. She said, yeah. Purple can explain. Yeah. 
<laughs> How did you get so damn good at making nails? I didn't. I wasn't in the beginning. Like, I mean, in the beginning, I was starting out with, like, cheap-ass nails. Like, uh, those cheap, non-glitter. Yeah. Like, those, like, yeah, those those ugly ones. <laughs> the ones that don't fit. Right? Mm-hmm. I started with those. And then I realized that they weren't for me. Because mm-hmm. they're, like, what, $11 now? Yeah. For, like, one? And then you only get one use out of them. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. Like the fucking French tip. Fuck a French tip. Yeah, fuck a French no one, tip. If I see anyone with a French tip, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I wanted to be that bougie bitch that I knew I couldn't afford to be. So I started making nails for me and Soleil. Mm-hmm. And then Priory asked me, oh, I'd like, you know. You should make me a set, you know, and I made her a set. Mm. And then uh, I was doing Vita's nails and then Perry's nails and then Soleil's nails mm-hmm. and a lot of people's nails. And then now yeah. it's just a business. Now every every queen in the city has a pair. How do you make that? Like, where do you get the resources? The resources? Like, I order nails off Amazon. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what do they look like when they come in? They're very, like, block-shaped. Mm-hmm. So I have to, like, cut them. Shape them, file them, coffin shapes, stiletto shapes, like whichever shape. Except for you, you remember those, those like two, early two thousands, like big clumpy nails. Yeah, those are ugly. I'm never gonna do those. Ah! Um, <laughs> and then I just you know paint them, mm-hmm. and then add some glitter, add and then stone stoning them. Mm-hmm. What do you use to glue the to glue the gems on? I believe it's Jewelit. But I've been looking to get a better one because mm-hmm. that one's still kind of like mm. still a little bit sketch. Yeah, like it works ninety five percent of the time. Huh? Yeah, that what like that five percent? It just like it just pops right off. <laughs> it's fucked up. Is that a lucrative business for you? Are you getting money from this? Um, so far it's good. I mean, um, I kind of am. I think I've invested a little bit too much. So, like, I'm not kind of seeing money yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still kind of breaking even or just under even. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, I knew I was going to be broke for a long, long ass time when I decided to do this. <laughs> so, here I am, you know, happy. But at, least, at least I'm doing something. Yeah. Uh, is that something that you, would you say that you were passionate about nails? Yes, actually. And I, like, before, I had no idea what the fuck a French, t- like, Fuck a French tip. You don't need to know what a French tip is. Hashtag fuck a French tip. That's going to be the hashtag on your episode. I have no idea, like, what, like, I didn't know anything about nails before. Uh And then by being involved in drag, I started noticing a lot of Queen's nails. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, gosh, they're so pretty, but I can never afford them. Mm -hmm. So I just started making them. And, yeah, it's easier. To it's, make them. Is it easier than it looks? Because they look extravagant. They literally look like... I mean, sometimes they're very, very like, time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out right, so I have to restart. Uh, sometimes the nail polish doesn't dry, and it just... Whoosh, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Those times I do get, like, really irritated, because I have... If you know me, I have no patience. <laughs> None. If the bus is late by 30 seconds, I'm freaking out. I want to bitch at this bus driver. You're like, why are you late? What happened? What was the reason? But, you know, now I'm kind of 
it's show, showing me how to be more, a little bit more patient. Mm-hmm. And it's helping me kind of calm myself down. This is literally not a product placement. No, it's not. But I, I, I do want to use this platform to say that if you've ever been looking for drag nails or just really awesome press-on nails, please check out Exante Goo Nails. They are actually gorgeous. Yes. The Instagram page says it everything. Any drag queen in the city can testify. Yeah. So beautiful. This is a product that I am perfectly... This is a brand that I'm perfectly willing to put 100%. Yay! I will sell out for Exante Goo Nails. Contessa approved. Contessa approved. So, I want to talk about something... Uh, that I think is really funny and really scary. Okay. You are, I think, the only queen in Winnipeg that can death drop. Ah, uh, used to. Yeah, used, used to. Used to, that's uh-huh. a key word. Yeah. Used to. So you used to you used to death drop all the time. I used to throw myself off fucking high-ass fucking places. Onto your back. On my back, on my knees. Jesus. I was fine throwing myself off a fucking six-foot stage. Yeah. But that one time... I go and dip. Uh huh. I knocked myself out. Yeah, you Knock really did. The fuck out. Do you remember? <laughs> yes. I was taking photos that day. That picture is literally <laughs> like haunting. And I, <laughs> I, I got a picture, and I don't think it'll ever, ever see the 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 light of day. I'll post it sometime. Will you? Yeah. I hope you do, and make it okay for me too, because it's the <laughs> it's 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 so beautiful. You're just lying on the ground, and if you don't understand the con, like you just look so serene. With the tape showing underneath my wig. <laughs> sure, but like you look so serene so and beautiful serene. and just calm, but like literally. I was shitting myself. <laughs> Seconds before that, you'd just thrown yourself at the ground and you weren't getting back up. Yep. And the music kept going for yep. an obnoxiously long time after. I'm yeah. only laughing because you seem to be okay now. Oh, I'm okay, okay? now. Yeah, but is it okay if we joke about it, <laughs> yes. or is it too sore? No, it's it's fine. It's <laughs> the scab is healed. I'm glad. No. The music went on for I can't remember even what show this was. Um, it was uh gooped. It was gooped. It was it was gooped spring 2019. Yeah. And, like, the whole build-up to that show, I was like, oh, my God, I have to live up to this. Like, I need a hero drop, you know? like Yeah. Uh, and, like, I was nervous, and that was the only time I got nervous for something. Uh-huh. Like, I usually don't get nervous. I get hyped. Uh-huh. And that time I got really fucking nervous, and then I drank a little bit too much. And I just, I don't know, something just not right happened. Yeah, you just, you knocked yourself out. And it, poof. Done. <laughs> and the music kept going for like a solid 30 seconds after mm-hmm. until everybody's like, turn the music off. She's yep. hurt. Yeah. So did you go to the hospital? Yes. In, in full, full drag. drag. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. What was the reaction of the, of Surpri- the ER? Surprisingly, they've, they've seen this before, I swear. They were like, all right, cool. Like, sit down, sir, ma'am, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was in the back and I was like, oh, can you get to lay me down? And then they come out. And they're like, is a is a miss me down here? Ah, <laughs> a miss me down. Miss lay me down. Miss lay miss me lay down. Miss lay me down. So funny. It was hilarious, but I was fine. Yeah, I was still drunk, so it was great. Oh my god! So did you did you go home that night, or did they keep you at the? Oh hospital? no, I went home. Okay. I fully went home and had like a couple more drinks. Oh my god! <laughs> Even though you're not supposed to drink when you have a concussion, but you know. No. Or sleep. You're not supposed to sleep. Apparently not. Everybody was like. Stay awake. Wow. That was loopy. I was saying some shit. Who were you? Apparently. Who was with you? Uh, I, th- I remember it was Prairie uh, Soleil. Mm-hmm. Marjorie. 
She's amazing. I miss her. Wow. She's great. She just stayed up with you and kept you awake. Yes. That's amazing. Yep. All I gooped. All I gooped. So what do you have to say to young queens who are coming out here, trying their best, trying to impress, throwing themselves irresponsibly, destroying their bodies? What do you have to say to them? Uh, don't. <laughs> Just don't? Um, I mean, if you know how to do it properly. I mean, I, I remember the first time I death dropped. I knew, okay, I know in the back of my head, I feel... I know I'm not doing it right. Mm-hmm. At, at some point, I knew I wasn't doing it right. I knew it wasn't death dropping right. But I just, I went for that, like, big impact, like that bang, right? And but just just be careful. We're padding. Just pads. Just wrap yourself in fucking bubble wrap. <laughs> if you want a death drop, don't. <laughs> and if you do, then be careful. It's not Good worth luck. Going to the hospital seven in oaks. full drag. Seven Oaks. Good old Seven Oaks. Rest in peace. Okay, so you said that you kind of saw the drag scene. You were a little bit exposed to it back in 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you dropped off, and then you came back kind of like six, seven years later. Yes. What had changed, and did it surprise you? What what was new? Um, Everyone was kind of, I would say, more intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... I don't know, I started going to the clubs, and I just felt left out. I just felt like mm, I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, it's, it's been the same. It didn't really change. <laughs> Back then, I was still intimidated. Now I'm still intimidated. Yeah. Yeah. Was the were, was it like still the same scene as back then, or had mm, that? Some queens were around. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Vita was, is, is, still, is still around. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Poison Ivy Demonique stopped. Mm-hmm. long time ago she retired and then the demoniques i don't know what happened to the demoniques mm-hmm. they just disbanded then from 2016 to now which is another three years or so how do you see the drag scene has changed has it changed at all or do you still think it's that kind of same exclusionary bullshit um in a way yes like there's clicks and if you're not in a click you're going to be talked about regardless mm-hmm. um but like it's very like it's nicer mm-hmm. like we're it's like a big ass family. So do you feel more supportive? Yes, way more supportive. I love that. What's been your favorite memory drag so far? Uh, hands down, Rainbow Trout. Yeah, which one? Last uh, year? No, yeah, last year. Twenty eighteen. Well, two, two. I I was there twice. So the first year was amazing. Second year was even more amazing. The atmosphere there is just fucking electric. Yeah, Rainbow Trout's sick. It's so amazing. Everybody's drugged out, drunk, <laughs> hugging you. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the fucking woods. Mm-hmm. I love it. So weird. Yeah. So where do you want to go as Purple Haze? You said that now, you said that drag used to be a hobby back when you started. Yeah. Now it's like something that you could see going somewhere. Where do you want to go? For me, it's more like the nail business. Oh. Yeah, like, I want to actually go to cosmetology and actually get my degree, mm-hmm. be an esthetician, you know, do hair, do nails, do acrylics, because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like press on nails, so if I learn how to do acrylics, then I'm good, right? Yeah. So, I want to do that. I want to go back to school. I want to go to business school, mm-hmm. do something with that, and then maybe just, you know, just... Start a salon. Start a salon. <gasps> In the village. Oh, my God. No, right next to the dispensary. Because, you know... Right where you belong. Medicated. <laughs> Medicated. 
Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wish that I asked you? Is there anything um, else that you specifically want to say? Uh, follow me on uh, PurpleHazeWPG <laughs> on Instagram uh, and Exontigo Nails on Instagram. Purple, it's been so amazing having you here. Thank, Thank you so you. much for sharing. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. You're amazing. I'm so excited to hear me talking on the thing. On the radio waves. On the radio waves. Oh, my God. Romantic. Yeah. Thank you so much to Purple for sitting down with me. Now, typically, we'd have a preview for the next episode, but unfortunately, this time, we're lacking. The final guest of Dragon the Peg Season 2 was the only guest whose episode we didn't record before this pandemic broke out, because both her and I had huge ideas for how to make this episode the best that it could possibly be. Now, we're looking at different ways we can bring this season finale to you with a bang, so you may need to be patient for a few weeks while we figure it out. But rest assured, it's coming. And zero hints are needed for said finale's guest. If you know, you know. Thank you so much again to Claire Boning of Veneer for the lovely intro and outro music. And until next episode, please remember to always tip your local drag performers. And yes, they do accept e-transfer. Purple, it's been so happy. It, it's been. Oh, no, I'm going to try that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>